Dark Hour with Morgan and Carrie. This is episode numero 11. 11. And we are starting a new fucking topic. And it's a topic that I have a lot of feelings about. Oh, not Green River Killer level feelings, right. but, but feelings. Yeah. Uh, so why don't, you, why don't you tell us what we're doing? You guys, you know you all wanted it. You know you all wanted to hear a podcast about Ted motherfucking Bundy bitches. Ted Bundy. Ted. The infamous Ted. The serial killer that all serial killers aspire to be, whether or not they know it. Yeah. Yet, yet, (laughs) as we will discuss, I feel like his reputation is, is... uh, not warranted at all. No, but he got really lucky for having people think that he's something that he totally was not. Yeah, he he he, he branded himself before I think he, people even knew what that meant in a way that was effective and powerful. And he, let's see, he was executed in 1989. Yeah. And so almost 30 years later, we are talking about him in shit and i think people do in a sort of reverential tone yeah in in a way it's it's fucked up so this is the first time that i've ever found in my research a website that is like almost completely sympathetic to ted bundy in terms of like, is this the one that I, I sent? Yeah, you last so time? Carrie sent me this fucked up website. It's all Carrie's it's, fault, you guys. So blame her because this bad. is bad. So okay, like it. Oh my god, I don't even know if I can say it. So okay, there's this whole there's this whole section on like Saint Ted Bundy. Oh, I the, saw that but didn't <laughs> read it. Who's the saint of runaways and serial killers? Apparently. Okay, so already... Wait, runaways and serial killers have the same saint? Yeah, which I feel like that is not mm, fair. I don't think that works. I know. I feel all, like it's, but they're, they're completely... They have opposite interests. <laughs> so, okay, so it had that first. And then it had, like, this little thing that looked like old Orthodox art. <laughs> that it was, like, a figure oh bent over with, like, Ted Bundy's face and, like, a painted halo. Um, and then also, when it was talking about victims... Oh, my God. It was mean. It about, was like I mean, it was nasty. Really, really fucking it mean. Was, so I think could we go ahead and say that maybe uh, men's rights activists perhaps oh, created this site? So made this website. I want to link when I do the section on our website about Ted Bundy. I kind of want to link this, but I don't because I Girl. don't want this site to get traffic. Yeah, I don't think we can do it. Okay. Like in good right, conscience, we we'll just tell you all about it so you can be like, oh my fucking god. So the like in the victim section, it pretty much describes it as like him doing them a favor by killing mm-hmm. them and also by having sex with them, which P.S. Like they were totally fucking raped. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. But like that Ooh. is the only. This is the only 
like killer that I've ever researched that has this kind of website. So Ted Bundy totally has this like pull over people and it's not warranted. This dude ugh, is just no. a real puke. It okay, yeah. And I don't even know when we're going to I don't know when we're going to have the time or the space to get into this. I guess when we talk about just him and his life. Yeah. But we'll we'll get there. We'll get why he's so colossally overrated. Yeah. I sort of want to address the fact that I think I think we struggled a little bit with this, and this ties into the personal connection to yeah. him. I find him hard to get a handle on. Me too! And I don't mean get a handle on, like, what made him tick. I don't right. mean it in that sense, but I have a really hard time, like, getting the chronology of, of the murders. It just everything is very scattered with him, and there's no... There's nothing to sort of hang your hat on. There's no, like, oh, he did this, and he was like this, and he lived in this place. Like, he's sort of the opposite of the Green River Killer, I think. There's a complete lack of concrete details about his crimes. Well, and I think that there's no substance to him as a human. Like, there's just nothing there. And so you can't... Calling him a shadow is a total cliche, but, I mean, there's just, like, no actual human there. And so he just sort of floats through time and space and yeah. fucks shit up, but there's no human in the middle of that. Yeah. So I've really struggled to figure out how to talk about this, I think. I agree. And also, like, it kind of makes me, I like, I think maybe I'm just a hipster in my soul. But, like, I'm really <laughs> annoyed that everyone just, like, uh, is, like, so into him. Like, Gross. Okay, he number one was not charismatic. Everyone's like, eh, he's so charismatic. He is not charismatic no. at all. No. He had this really high, weird, whiny voice. Ugh, gross. He had a unibrow also, P.S., just saying. Everyone's like, oh, he was so attractive. No. No. He was not at all. Like, he was super gross. And so, I and like, everyone just like, when you think of a serial killer, you immediately think of Ted Bundy. And he just, he's played out. Ted Bundy played out. <laughs> I agree although it's weird to say that a serial killer is played out because that implies that there well i guess he was a celebrity i guess he was the first oh he's a fucking celebrity, celebrity. serial killer yeah. so i think i don't know there, there are just problems with all aspects of that so i'm trying to think what my personal connection i don't have i don't have anything as vivid as the green river killer I'd heard about him obviously because he was famous mm-hmm. i mean as a little kid in the early to mid 80s he was by far the most famous sort of boogeyman yeah i mean if you said serial killer you meant ted bunny that's Uh who you were fucking talking about no one had ever heard of anyone else maybe john wayne gacy i think at that period of time maybe that would be or jack the ripper like that was sort of it Dahmer. no this was before Dahmer. Oh, right. Dahmer's 90s. Dahmer's, yeah. You can 90s. tell by his glasses. Yikes. <laughs> glasses. <laughs> Which, uh, yes, Paul, his entire childhood, had those exact same glasses. I'm like, oh my god. And Paul's blonde. I Actually, <laughs> there's a little bit of a resemblance, but oh my god. I was also going to say, speaking of hot serial killers, Jeffrey Dahmer, at his peak, oh quite god, good looking. So fine. Quite good looking. Way better looking than Ted Bundy. Like, this is, a million times better. And I'm also going to apologize, because this is very... It's super trashy. Tacky, whatever. We're whatever. doing it, you guys. We're doing you it. don't come We're here discussing. For class. I'm sorry. You don't. You don't. But, you know, Ted Bunny was from Seattle. And so I did have, what was the story? I had a friend whose parents had grown up in Seattle, which actually wasn't very common. Most of the people I knew, like me, their parents were not from Seattle. But these, these people had actually grown up there. 
And I, originally what I remember is that they said that they'd gone to high school with him, but that doesn't make any sense because they went to Roosevelt and he did not go to Roosevelt. But maybe it was more that they, they knew him at UW. I think there was a UW connection mm. and these people and my friend, they lived in the U district right by where Ted Bundy lived. And mm. I think that house that they had lived in had been in their family for a long time. So in the 70s when Ted Bundy was murdering people and living in the U district, I mean, he was like two blocks away from this house. Yikes. So there was some sort of conversation I remember with these parents about Ted Bundy and like, oh, they they knew him or were aware of him. It's not much of a connection to go on, but... That's a pretty good connection. That's, that's what I got, so... You know, that, like, brings me to another thing. Okay, in terms of, like, the celebrity idea, right, I feel like everyone I know, and I think it's more than just, a, like, a symptom of us living in the Northwest where he was active, but almost everyone I know is like, oh, I had a family member that Ted Bundy approached. Like, I might, like, there's, like, this story going on that my aunt was approached by him, and, you know, like, I just, I feel like... It became this a lady at work when I was talking to her about Ted Bundy. She was like, one time I was walking in Linwood and a tan Volkswagen came up and I had clogs on and I started running and my hair was parted down the middle. It's like everyone has a Ted Bundy story, you know? So, I mean, I think he's he is sort of the modern day Jack the Ripper, except we know who he is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the difference, but he's he's the serial killer celebrity of the 20th century. Totally. Because think, nobody's got a Green River killer story. Nobody's got a Gary Ridgway story. Right. And he killed more people, and he killed all of the people in, in his quote-unquote career right around here, yet I've never met a single person who had any story about him. Well, ever. but at the same time, Gary Ridgway definitely focused on, like, marginalized groups of people he did. and like you know Ted Bundy is dealing with right well off women typically true. so I mean that's what we are ew <gasps> true but I think you nailed it on the head when you said we talked about the boogeyman right like everyone is hyper vigilant and scared and any rando in a Volkswagen becomes Ted suddenly well and I think just to keep the Green River Killer comparison going Ted Bundy was more like the boogeyman and that he fucking, like, broke into women's houses and, like, murdered them. I know. Or he would, like, snatch women off the street. Like, he wasn't... I mean, Gary Ridgway, you were not going to get killed by him unless you voluntarily went into his car. Like, I mean, it wasn't... Like, he wasn't just going to come up to you and murder you. But Ted Bunny did. And so I think that... That does add a layer of fear to this entire thing. I mean, that that really is a terrifying idea. Oh, my God. So... It's, like, my worst fucking nightmare. Pretty much. To just be laying in bed and then you just start getting bludgeoned to death. <gasps> oh my god. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting... Sorry, we digressed before we even <laughs> began the conversation. So I, I talked a little bit about my personal experience in that um, there was always this story that my aunt was like at Lake Sammamish on the day and this dude... Is that true though? Well, I don't know. See, this is the thing. No one can actually yeah, confirm it. I know. So, but the story is because my aunt can... Ooh, she's she's kind of a... She's a bitch. Let me just... I'm going to put it out there. I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> so the joke was... I mean, it was kind of a joke where, like, she this guy came up to her with his arm in a cast and asked her to help him load a sailboat into his car and she told him to fuck off because she's just, like, such a bitch to everyone. <laughs> so I think that was maybe, like, my first memory. No, my first memory was... Okay, 
I don't even know if this is true either. But again, I think it's like this whole mythos of like Ted Bundy in the Northwest. Uh, there was a skate deck by my house, a skate deck was by my house when I was growing up. And that was all I wanted to do in my life was go to the skate deck and skate. It was like, I was wearing Jinko jeans what? Yeah. Hell yeah. What? Hell fucking yeah, girl. Oh, Sixth grade. man. It's like rollerblades, right? Going around, <laughs> like, like getting so excited when California Love came on. And it was like, okay, admittedly, it's a fucking roller rink in Silver Lake Everett, <laughs> Washington. Um, so it couldn't have been that bad, but the cops were always there on like Friday nights. And so my mom would not want me to go. But then the other issue was, and I don't, I tried looking up this quote and I, I was halfway through a People article on my way here, which is why I was swerving all over. Um, I wait, know, wait, wait. Did, did you not dr- see me? I was driving and reading. Don't do that. I That's know. So dangerous. Okay, I know. But I, I was trying to find this, if this quote was like a real thing. My mom said, I can remember being a little kid and my mom saying, I don't want Morgan going to the skate deck. Because Ted Bundy said that murdering was as easy as taking a kid from a roller rink. And so she was, like, hella scared about that. And I don't know if he even said that, but, like, that was kind of my first memory of Ted Bundy. And then I just, like, my mom would always read National Enquirer, and I can remember, like, seeing his face on there and shit. Well, I remember when he was executed, and they showed oh. photos of his dead body. I oh, think God. it was on the cover of the National Enquirer, and I do remember that, like, being, because I was 10 when he yeah. was executed, and being like, okay, yeah, this is my first high-profile execution. Yeah. Cool. Oh, God, and that picture of him. Oh, with his head shaved, that yeah, and one. and his eyes are, like, kind of, like, half Ugh. open. And he looks, he's sort of smiling. Yeah. It's spooky. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's totally spooky. But worth looking at, right. audience, if yeah. you want to. If you want to, if you want to Google. There's not a lot of gory pictures no. online. So you can, I think you can safely Google Ted Bundy and you're not going to come across like a gory body. Oh photo. yeah, no, there are no crime scene photographs of no, no it's, nothing. And I was going to say, oh, there aren't any, but that's not true. Like the later, like the Florida, yeah. there, there are. Yeah. I mean. Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, the, the bodies were right there. There was no right. time lapse. Right. Uh, but I've never seen, or is that true? It doesn't matter, but I can't think of any. So anyway, say Google away. Yeah. Google away. With, Google with, it, with, with no fear. Yes. So uh, today what we're going to do, because, again, the chronology is kind of difficult to keep in in line, and then also the details are a little shady. A little fuzzy. Uh, We're going to focus on the ones that we have a connection to, obviously, which is the Washington victims, and we will get to victims of the other states and also the other crazy-ass shit that he did in later episodes. And, so. I, and I think this is going to have to be more than a two-parter. I mean, I think it's going to spread a Pretty little. sure this is going to be at least a five-parter. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be long. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so today we're going to do just the Washington, Washington crimes. I am not nearly as well read about this as I was about the Green River Killer, so I definitely we had to make a chart that had like names and pictures and but again, dates and all that. I think that with the Green River Killer, everything is out there. And almost nothing is out there. I mean, there's a plenty of literature written by about Ted Bundy, but the specific details of the crimes are extremely difficult to find. And part of that is because the only information we have in most cases is from him. Right. And as you will see, he was a complete lying piece of shit. He's like Butch DeFeo right. in terms of his level of lying. And so yeah. it's really hard to tell what the fuck was ever happening. Totally. So... 
Morgan's got the list in front of her of the victims. You're going to have to remind me because I, like I said, I have a really hard time keeping all of this straight. So our, right. our apologies, but we will try to be accurate about this. The other thing to keep in mind is that we are only talking about confirmed. Yes. Uh, in this one, we will talk later about suspected victims because there's a there's lot. There's a lot of suspected victims. Right. And, but here's the interesting thing. I'm not sure how these are confirmed. Because I, my sense is that Ted Bundy never officially confessed exactly to anything. I mean, he well, was never crystal clear about a confession. All right, so the first victim that we'll talk about in terms of, confirmed victim in terms of chronology, was on January 4th, 1974, and her name is Karen Sparks. Although she's known as Joni Lenz in some of the other... That's what's interesting. A lot of these yeah. victims... And other people had pseudonyms that they would use. Or is that... It's not a pseudonym, I guess, if it's a it's an alias. I don't know. What do you call that? It's a name that you're given by somebody else to protect your identity. Yeah. But a pseudonym implies that it's for writing purposes. Right. So what do you call that? An alias? Is there I another? guess so. We'll go with alias. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. It, I think this woman survived, which she I guess did. is why. But there's a couple others that they have aliases for who didn't survive so it's kind of strange it's really weird but anyway so yeah this this woman survived ted bundy broke into her basement apartment in the u district and we even i don't have it now but we have an address so and i think this (gasps) one of these houses has been torn down there's three houses we're going to talk about in the u district one has been torn down i think but i think the other two still exist so i don't remember which one this is uh but she was in a basement apartment and ted bundy broke into her apartment and bludgeoned her and stuck either we're not sure a speculum or a steel rod up her vagina and did he rape her do you know i think he did right? i don't know so what i know the details that i because again it was kind of hard to find details but she's an 18 year old like a freshman at uw she had this bed that was like it had like these metal Oh, that's right. The rod was from the bed. Yeah, and he managed to rip the rod from the bed, bludgeoned her, so hit her in the head, like totally fractured her fucking skull. And then different thing, different sources say different things. Some people say that a speculum, he was, she was raped with a speculum. I am wondering if it's maybe is a mix of both, like... Uh, I don't know, like had the speculum. Oh, I don't know because she, there was such exten- there was extensive internal dam- like damages, Ugh. and she actually is like permanently disabled. Um, she went into a coma for ten days, and when is she it came, brain damage? Do you yeah, know that she's it's brain damage yeah. and internal damages? So, like, I think I remember reading it. So, there, the and a lot of these details are coming from. Uh, I read this week Riverman. Ted Bundy and I Search for the Green River Killer by Bob Keppel, who's kind of my personal hero, P.S. <laughs> and then another book that we, that details will come from is The Stranger Beside Me by our girl Anne Rule. Hey! It's her first book. Her first book. And I think we should talk about that later, too. In that book, I thought what she said was that, like, her, it, like, fucked up her bladder and shit. Like... It was just, like, everything. I, yeah, I know. That's, like, making me I feel know. very <laughs> squirmy and awful. It's so bad. Well, and I they think that Ted Bunny thought that he had killed her yeah. when he left, and then he didn't. Right. So she she did end up surviving. And that's kind of all they know about her. And I'm. It, it's interesting, because if she was his first victim, that kind of makes sense. Because, you know, oftentimes with serial killers, their first victims, they don't... It's sort of a messy 
situation. Like, they haven't quite figured out what they want to do exactly with this situation. Yeah. If it was not his first murder... Girl, definitely not his first murder. That's strange. All of that is strange, That everything that happened there. So interesting to consider one detail that i do know uh is that she was outside um the night that he was executed really she felt really good (laughs) yeah anyway that's interesting i did not know that okay so that's karen sparks we also have linda ann healy so this is when we start getting into like the very i feel like there's more like famous victims than others and i feel like linda ann healy is like a pretty famous victim in turn for him well she's the first official murder victim right she was last seen on february 1st 1974 so less than a month after karen sparks she was a 21 year old uw law student so you're going to see that there is a pattern where most of these girls are in college. A lot of them are at UW, University of Washington, where Ted Bundy I mean, went and where I also went. And I wonder if he pooped in the Suzalo second story Suzalo oh, bathroom because probably. that's where I pooped all the time. So Why that one? Just because it's an empty so, bathroom. It's so hidden. Girl, like, it is so hidden that it is the best poop place. <laughs> And you know what's cra- fucking nuts? So I loved this poop place. It was like the only place that I would go poop on campus. I was reading The Stranger. <laughs> it was like a Valentine's date. So The Stranger is like this alternative like magazine or like, you know, weekly Newspaper. here. Yeah. And um, they had like a Valentine's like guide. And one- they said that one of the places to have the best gay hookups is in the men's version of the one that I would poop in. And I was like... Totally. It makes totally sense. makes sense. So much privacy. I know. Anyway, so Linda Ann Healy lived in a basement apartment. So, which ew. moral of the story here, don't live in a fucking don't basement apartment. Basement if you apartment. can help it. Fucking Ted Bundy will come in and murder you. I know, he totally Clearly. will. Oh my God. I feel bad being in this basement right now. It, like someone exactly. could just be standing out there looking at us. Oh yeah. my God. And I'm going to get murdered once I go outside. <sighs> don't even say that. <laughs> so the, one of the other creepy things is that um, in a, one of the sources that I read is that Linda Ann Healy's apartment was almost an exact replica of Ted Bundy's apartment because the houses, like, they had, they lived in identical houses, and they had the same apartment. So he was in the basement, too? Yeah. That's what I read. And they said that that's why he was able to be so successful, because it was almost like going into he his He knew own. exactly where he was going. Yes. Linda Ann Healy, what, she was like a, she did the ski report on a local radio station, so she had to be yeah. at work early. super early. Like, she got up at, like, 5.30 in the morning. Which actually now isn't that early because like I, I always get up earlier that than that. Early, I know, but, <laughs> but for college, for right? college, crazy early. Yes, she also expected her family to come over for dinner that night. She was at the Safeway buying stuff to make a casserole. I know exactly which Safeway she was at. She was still on the 50th and Brooklyn yes, Safeway. Yes, me too. Yeah. I always was at that Safeway. I it's hate so small. That Safeway. It's hella shitty. It's horrible. I know. What ends up happening was. Wait, can I preface the murder a yeah. little bit? They went to Dante's. The night? No, they fucking, they fucking did. So Dante's. I've actually never been there, but wait, Dan- who went to Dante's? What? Who went to Dante's? Linda Ann Healy went to Dante's the night before she was murdered. So okay, so that night, she and roommates and whatever go out, and I there's some. They're pretty sure that Ted Bundy was at Dante's too, and followed her back oh, to her place. So no. backstory here. So Dante's is on what Roosevelt, like Roosevelt and like. 
50th. It's like between yeah. seventh yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Anyway, I went I went to University Heights, which is right there. Like all of this shit, shit was was like right. I spent a lot of time there, and so Dante's was a bar that I think I think is still there. I mean, oh it's no, been there it totally is there. I've ever I've been there like not even that long ago. Okay, so that to me that's strange to be talking about this shit, and we've just like oh yeah we've been there absolutely Gross. we've been there so but oh i didn't know she went to dante yeah so she was at this bar with her friends and roommates so i can't remember which book i read this in but there's other people they think saw ted bundy <gasps> there they all go back to not ted bundy but her group goes back to her house which is like you know a kind of communal living situation and one of the roommates sees a shadow outside like isn't that's that's this one right yeah yeah and she kind of doesn't think anything about it until later if you see a fucking shadow outside freak out freak the fuck out freak the fuck out ted bunny was known to be a peeping tom he'd been a peeping tom his entire kid Yeah. yeah they're almost positive that he I don't, and I don't know how long he had been watching her or other people in this house but that night was definitely outside okay, watching so another creepy thing when she was at the Safeway she had cashed a check there guess who cashed a check right after her that's right Ted fucking so he in the books okay so, so he had likely been he'd been her. fucking following her yes yeah, absolutely that is okay so this is why I think this is why he legitimately is famous and why he legitimately is seen as a boogeyman because that shit is fucking scary. It's really scary. Like, he'll just, like, fucking pick you out and follow you. And then, like, ram your vagina with a rod. And, oh and do with, that. like, full of rage. And weren't they also in, in a class together at UW? Yes. So they were, so they it was had, a big class, but they were together. They had classes together, and she was the former roommate of his cousin. That's right. So there were connections. There were multiple connections. So once again, I'm going to say, you're right, it's, this was probably not his first murder victim, but if it is, it has all the characteristics of being a sensical first murder victim. Right, like he had it all figured yeah. out kind of thing. And it was, it was somebody he had planned on going for right. for a while. Anyway. Totally. Okay, so what ends up happening is, so, okay, they go to Dante's, right? That, that whole thing happens. So in the morning at 5.30, her alarm goes off, and her roommate can hear the alarm going off. Which is just like the worst. Right, the so worst. annoying, when right? When someone else's alarm goes off, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. I know. But she manages to go back to sleep. Like, what the fuck? I don't even know how that happens. And then when her alarm goes off at, like, later, she realizes that the alarm's still going off and is like, what the fuck? So she goes in there, but the bed's neatly made. Like, everything looks, like, like really clean. And then she thought, okay, that's fucking weird because Linda never made never her bed. Never made her bed. Yeah, right. what the hell? Like, her parents later on show up. And don't, and I mean, obviously the roommates are worried. They're like, ooh, that's weird. Um, The parents show up later. Linda has not shown up. And then they knew, like, okay, something is seriously fucking wrong. So the police come, and when they get there, they search her room and find a bloody night, it's it's like her night clothes in the closet hanging hanging up. Hanging a peg. Yeah, and they're bloody. And they pull back the sheets on her bed. They pull back the, the top sheet, and on her pillow, there's the pillowcase is missing, and there's yeah. blood on the pillow. And then there's also blood on like the bed sheet, like a you know an area of blood on the bed sheet. So at first, the cops, which okay, 
again, with Green River Killer, there's so many times where I'm like, oh my god, these cops. They're just like fucking stupid. So they were like, oh, there she gets a nosebleed and also on her period. Like, hi, cops. We're not just like, okay, we're like ladies. We don't just like bleed all over everything constantly. Like, what the fuck? Can you please update your version of like femininity? Okay, I bleed all over everything constantly. I know you when actually I, when, do. when I have my period, <laughs> I have bled through my pants. I'm not exaggerating four times in the last year. Oh my god. Okay. So just but I'm maybe not girl, but this typical. is the thing. At work you'd always be like like I bled through my pants. Can you see it? And I could never see it. Okay. So it was there, there were some bad. days where it was like I was wearing like pink pants and it was like a big old spot no. of blood. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. Sucks. I had to go home and change one time. That's how bad it was. Girl, hasn't it been like multiple times? I only had to go home and change okay. one time, but there were other days I had to I like pull, pull my shirt down extra low. That's what happens. You have a baby, it fucks your period up. Oh my god, fucks it up. I don't no. know why. So. Anyway, but anyway, that's no excuse for these right for these, these stupid cops officers to be thinking that totally. So they kind of didn't really have any ideas, and then her skull and mandible were found in March 1975. So like a long time, right? Later. Like over a year later, on this place called Taylor Mountain, which is near North Bend. Which, Which I feel like I've been to. That's the fucked up thing, is I have this sense that I've, I have gone there. You probably have been there. Also, anyone who's a fan of Twin Peaks. That's right. North Bend. Just saying, it's kind of, it, there's some it spooky is shit yeah. out there. Yeah, there is. There really is. Well, and a lot, there's another, fuck, I don't remember, this is bad details, but there is a dump site of Ted Bundy that was right next to a dump site of the Green River Killer. What? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that like Ridge Ray. Enumclaw? No, on um the ninety eighteen interchange. Oh shit. Yeah. But I don't think Gary Ridgeway was aware of that. So I think it's just like that's just where serial killers go to drop off bodies. Well, I mean it's at the intersection of these two highways where it lets you get away quickly and it's fucking woodsy as fuck out there. Like, you are not going to be found, although you are going to be found. Except they are. I mean, that's the amazing thing. Like, how the fuck are any of these bodies found? Girl, thank God for mushroom hunters. (laughs) It's always, it's always mushroom hunters. (laughs) Or somebody going to take a piss. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, oh, I'm just going into pee and I found a skull. (laughs) A lot of that. Thank God for mushroom hunters and pissers. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) I have a story. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, we're getting derailed for a moment, but this is actually worth it, you guys. So speaking of people finding bodies, my mom, when she was, like, young... Okay, I don't know how old she was because all of her stories, it's, like, always these crazy-ass stories. And I'm like, how old were you? And she was like, well, I wasn't old enough to drive. My mom was a fucking wild child. So, okay, she wasn't old enough to drive. I don't know how old she was. (laughs) But she was cleaning the freeway as, like, a job. She, she like, regularly did that in the summers as a job when she was young. Do you mean, like, community service? No, it wasn't like she was in jail. (laughs) Like, she legitimately got paid. Which I thought that, too. I was like, were you in jail? Like, what the fuck? She's, like, in a chain gang. So she goes down this embankment to go pee, and as she's down there peeing, she sees this big garbage bag, so she grabs it as she's running up, you know, to bring it to the garbage thing, and it gets caught, and it tears open, and inside was a fucking spine. A human motherfucking spine. Uh... What's yeah. the follow-up with that? Do well, you know? Well, so they called the police, and this they all the kids were there. My mom said it looked like there was, because it was mostly skeletonized, but it, she said it looked like there was, like, um, like white ch- kind of chunks on it still, which is gross. gross. <laughs> 
but there clearly was no skull. So, like, while they were waiting for the cops to get there, all the kids were looking around trying to find a skull, and they couldn't find anything. The cops came, and they were like, okay, thanks, bye. And then my mom said that they even called, like, a week later to ask what happened. The cops were just like, we can't tell you. It's an open investigation. And then just no updates since then? No fucking updates. Here's a fucking fucked up thing. If you dig around not even very hard on the internet there are so many people that first of all go missing every year and they just no information on what happened to them and there's fucking bodies that are found all the time that are just not identified i know what the fuck girl it's freaks me out i I know deal with that shit and i know it's probably less common now because of dna but it still happens. It still happens, which should Ugh. not be allowed. Seriously, oh my god, <laughs> should not be allowed. Oh my god, Donald Trump needs to put a stop to that. Oh fuck <laughs> that shit. Oh my god, I don't want his help with anything. Even this, come on, I would take his help on that. Nope, I don't. I will not take his fucking help. Mm. Fuck him. Anyway, it's a different <laughs> podcast. Okay, so that brings us to our next victim. Her name is Donna Manson, who was taken from. Evergreen. Oh, yeah, in fucking Evergreen, of course. So basically, Ted Bundy did like a tour of most colleges in the area yeah. and killed people at them. Yeah, and this was like a month later. So this was on March 12th, 1974. Okay, so we have one in January, we have one in February, we have one in March. That's kind of his pattern all the way up until he leaves Washington. Yeah. is And then it accelerates, but it's like one a month. It's like, it's like he treats himself. Right. He's like, oh! It's that time of the month. I'm gonna I'm gonna go kill kill a woman. I just had to pay rent. Might as well go have some free fun. Oh my god. Fuck this guy. Okay, so she okay, I kinda feel sad for her. She's she the one was, that like Is she suffering from depression? Was she the one who was like Yeah, she had like a history of that. She was okay, she was on her way to a jazz concert. That's right. At Evergreen State College, which, oh my god, could you imagine a jazz concert in at Evergreen? In 1974. It'd be lots of flutes. Oh my god. It'd be amazing. <laughs> lots of, like, really, like, just people with baby oil all over them, shiny, <laughs> just playing their hearts out. <laughs> That's what you think of in 1974. Yeah. Oh my everyone, god, girl. Everyone's shiny girl, everyone's baby oil. walking around in baby oil all day. Where do you get that idea? I don't know. From album covers. It's a thing. Oh, anyway. okay. All right. Okay, so she was only 19 years old. Sad. Okay, her roommates. This is so fucking And her roommate weird. talked mad shit about I know. her, by the way. I know. So, okay, her roommate said that she was obsessed with magic, death, and alchemy. So, number one, no one is fucking obsessed with alchemy. Okay? <laughs> Except for alchemists. But no one Which else is. not is. a real thing. No. So no okay. one is obsessed with alchemy. So, like, seriously, that friend, I think that friend is just, like, an uber-Christian. Well, it wasn't a not, friend. Like, yeah. No, okay, so in the book that I, did, once again, did not bring with me down here her roommate was talked mad shit about her cleanliness no oh it was very gossipy and just like didn't like her and was like i don't want to live with her anymore and donna manson but at the same time if i was murdered at 19 i'm not sure my roommate in college would have had anything good to say about me either so like (laughs) no i feel like once again this is not a fair (laughs) I don't know. I just Oh Carrie, she bled through her pants all the time, just smoked cigarettes constantly. I hate her. So <laughs> So mean. Except when I was nineteen, I did not bleed through my pants all the time. Cause I could still cause I still oh. had my like very light sort of like 
I could use a regular tampon flow kind God, of situation. I'm so lucky. So no bleeding, but I did rip my pants that one time. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> so I was I was but, not okay. in great shape. This should be a good example of how like everyone when you're 19 is just a fuck up. A, a complete fuck oh, up. Oh my god, like I was like such a fuck up. So I I feel like murder victims. It sucks because they're they're famous, like we've talked yeah. about, but they're famous at kind of an awkward time in their life. I know. A, a lot of the time, and it's like, oh, Jesus, like, really? Don't get remembered for that. Ugh. So fuck her roommate, P.S., but the roommate also said she smoked marijuana daily. Uh-oh. So, no. Um, <laughs> okay. Donna Manson also was known to be a hitchhiker. Yeah. Which I feel like back in the day, people were just like, oh, if you hitchhike, you're asking for it. You deserve to get killed. Like, everyone looks down on but, hitchhikers. Yes, but also fucking everybody hitchhiked. I know, right? My fucking mom hitchhiked. Oh my god, Tara, I mean, that's very dangerous. It's, mother, that's extremely it's dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> Do not do that. Jesus. Um, okay, so in August of 1978, okay, so four and a half years later, fishermen in the foothills of Mount Rainier... Probably taking a piss. And or or getting mushrooms. Or yeah. that. Found a skull. Okay. Upon closer search, they found a shirt, hair. There's mm, a lot of hair being found. So here. much hair being found. Hair. And more bones. Okay. So they were like, holy shit. I mean, as if the skull didn't tip them off. <laughs> so, okay. This is, this is the fucked up thing about Donna Manson that kind of makes me feel bad although I kind of am like ooh that's how I would want to go so the remains her remains have never been officially identified and again it's a it's an idiot police situation so the police air quotes lost them so what they think was that they had them okay but three yeah I said that right three fucking skeletons were thrown in the Tacoma landfill Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is, like, a thing. No. Okay. Uh, there's so many things to unpack here. Um, first of all, bodies them. get lost all the time, so that yeah. shit does not right. shock me. How do they think... Why do they think that was her? B, I don't know. So there must have been some reason why they something. were, like, that's well, who this is. I think what ended up happening was that after, like, later on, they were, like... Ted kind of said, uh, well, no, because he was very vague about where she was. I don't remember why. All right. So our, our apologies. Dental like, records? But if they're dead, they would know for sure yeah, that it was her. It wouldn't be yeah. vague. I don't know. This, but this is what it's like to research this right. fucking case. Like, right. everything is sort of floaty. Like, there's yeah. no real solid Concrete facts details. with anything. It's right. annoying. It is, it's so annoying. It's really do, frustrating. Do we know anything about her abduction? Like, do we know how, how she... We don't, do we? That nope. How she met? No. Nope. Great. Nothing. We know nothing about her. Now, what Bundy said later on, and this was, like, on the eve of his... It was, like, an hour before he was going to get executed. He was, like... He said that the skull that was found was not her. And they were, like... Why? And he was like... Those skull at Mount Rainier? Yeah. And he was like, because I burned her in my girlfriend's fireplace. I incinerated her skull. I do remember that. Yeah. So that's what he said. But again, he's such a fucking liar yeah, that no one knows? knows. So her remains were believed to be one of these. There was like a really good odds or something, but who knows what happened to her. So we should just name this episode Who Knows? Because who like, fucking who knows? Who fucking knows I know. about any of this shit? It's true. Cool. 
So that's Donna Manson. <laughs> so that's Donna Manson. Poor Donna Manson. And her picture looks kind of sad. She just looks like a really nice girl. All right, so the next victim is... Oh, do I have to read? I can't even see it. Uh, Susan Rancourt, who was taken on April 17th, 1974. So again, from month pattern. S- month pattern from Central Washington University, if I'm not... Or am I wrong? You're, that's right. Okay. She was 18 years old. I think she was like a freshman. Oh. And she's from Anchorage, Alaska. That's right. So she's like not even... Okay, as if that's... I mean, your daughter getting murdered is awful anytime. But, like, if your daughter, you've trusted your daughter to go out of state to go to college, and then she gets murdered while she's there. Like, that just seems worse to me. I don't know. Anyway. Somebody else on the Central Washington campus was approached by a man with his arm in a sling, who I think... In front of the library. In front of the library, and was having a hard time managing his books. Yeah. Coerce whoever, this woman who ended up surviving, to come carry his books back to his car with him. Yeah. Which she did. And her, his car was parked very far away from the library, like way, way <laughs> off campus, you know, by the railroad tracks in the dark. So she follows this guy back to the car and is kind of starting to get a bad feeling as they walk. And when they get there, he drops his keys and is like, oh, oops, drop my keys. Can you grab those for me? And she <laughs> she's like, Duh. No, uh, no, no, she does. She, she did. And for whatever reason, nothing happened. Wait, no, but what happened was she, because she talks about that she could see the glare of the, she was like really, she felt weird about it. Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, I'm not going to bend over. I'm not going to put my back to him. So she kind of was like, hey, let's see if we can catch the keys in the light of like. Okay, but that's from Anne Rule, right? Yeah. Because I, the, okay, and that may not be inaccurate, but the other book I read didn't say that. It just, oh, it, and, which that's a much more interesting Detailed, version yeah. of what happened. The one I read is that she did it real quick. Like, right, bent that's down what Anne like, here. Too. Once she sees it, she grabs it really quick and then leaves. Because she's like, what the fuck? That was. That was bizarre. Yeah. So that happens. Right. And then, I don't know, the same night, I think. Yeah, it is. This, so, this woman goes. Right. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and read what you're going to say. Yeah, so Susan, okay, so she, like, and this is kind of sad, so she was, like, tr- really trying to, like, make money. She, like, worked multiple jobs while she was, like, a student. And so she was going to a meeting to be a dorm advisor. That's right. To make some extra money. And um, she, so she made it to the meeting, but then she never came back. So what ended up happening, right, so th- this was in April, after July, which we'll talk about the significance of July and like as we get to the later victims, a report about a man with an arm in a cast or sling luring women went out on the media. And that's when these girls came forward and were like, oh, shit. So after all of this, we can we can assume what happened to her. Right. But her skull and mandible were found March 1975 on Taylor Mountain with Linda Ann Healy's. And her skull was identified through dental records because she had a unique, like, she had unique bridge work mm-hmm. done. And so it was confirmed that it was her okay. through her skull. So, yeah. So now we're starting to get the, like, oh, I'm injured ruse to get women. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, dude, if somebody came up to you, seriously. Uh, no, but, like, it would be so hard to say no to somebody who was, you, you would think, is either disabled or injured and they're asking for your help to just be like, fuck off. So that's the fucked up thing about this. Okay. Everyone says, oh, Ted Bundy's so charismatic. 
No, he's not. He's a sociopath because he's playing on all that's good in people. And the, yes, and the role that society has told women to play, Mm -hmm. which is you're a caretaker, you don't ever say no, you're always trying to be pleasant, you're always trying to, like, make people happy. And so even if somebody fucking creepy came up to you, you you really were like, oh, I don't want to be alone with that person, it would be really difficult, even now in this day and age, the age I am, to say no to somebody. I know this. It would be really hard to be like, nope, not doing it, not going with you, sorry. So to you and every other lady... If someone is hobbled and trying to get you to help them, don't do it. Just say fucking no. You've fucking seen Silence of the Lambs, right? That's where that whole sequence comes from, where Buffalo Bill gets the woman in to go into the car or the the truck to get the couch in there. I know. That's totally taken from Ted Bundy. Oh, totally. And it works. It's so It totally works. So, yes. So, Ted Bundy is not... No. He's just using... And that's the thing is like he's not it's not like he's some smooth talker like seducing ladies to do in like what he wants. Fuck no. He's actually like hella cowardly cuz he's like, "You know what? I'm going to play on people's like good sides and then I'm just going to bash them over the head and like steal them." And for every woman that he took, there was a whole bunch that he didn't get. Right. So he was just going up to anybody. I mean, it wasn't even like he was particularly selective about it. So right. in a lot of these cases there there were multiple other women who were like, "Uh-uh." Not, or for whatever reason didn't get murdered. Yeah. So he was just like, I mean, it, it was just casting a wide net and he would, you know, catch people sometimes. Yeah. And he talks about even sometimes where he's like, he like went through this whole thing and then he's like, oh yeah, but I wasn't, it didn't really feel right. So I would just be like, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like once she helped him to his car, he'd be like, thank you so much. And then she'd leave. Yeah. It's just, it's really awful. Ugh. So bad. Okay, um, so we've got a couple more. The next one is Roberta, um, nicknamed Kathy Parks, who was last seen May 6, 1974. So taken from Oregon State University, right? Yeah. In Corvallis. Which I've never been there. Me neither. So she's 20 years old. She's originally from California. She's the most tragic. This is your favorite, right? Yeah. This is my favorite. I hate to say it that way, but it's true. Okay, so she was majoring in world religions, which, okay. That's so 1974. So 1974. Baby oil, world religions, flute. Yes. (laughs) Clogs. Clogs. Halter top. Just saying. Okay. (laughs) So, you guys, this is fucked up. She was having literally the worst week you could ever imagine. So, first off, she was super homesick. Like, really missed her family in California. And college, I mean, your first year in college is kind of the worst. So So I just, like, I feel so bad for these, you know, these young women in college and just, you know, struggling a little bit. I'm like, yeah, dude, I was there. I know. You're just going through this difficult transition, and then it's like, and and now you're going to get killed. And what was it? Like, her dad had Okay, wait, I'll get there. So she was homesick. She broke up with her boyfriend. That's right. Okay, so already bad week. Then she got in a fight with her dad on the phone. And then got a call soon after from her sister saying, dad had a massive heart attack. So, okay, imagine the guilt you feel. Like, this is seriously why I literally say I love you after I get off the phone with everyone and sometimes more than once. 
I did it to the fucking lady at the Thai food restaurant, okay? Like, <laughs> I am so concerned that, like, after I get off the phone, gonna someone die. is going to die, and I want their, like, the last words that I had said to them to be, I love you. It freaks me the fuck out. So that is literally my worst nightmare. I get in a fight with someone in my family, and then they have a heart attack and are possibly going to die. So poor Kathy, okay? Then her sister calls, like, a couple days later. is like, actually, he's going to be okay. He's going to survive. But she felt so fucking guilty, which you would. Yeah. So she went for a walk one night and was never seen again. Her skull was found on Taylor Mountain with Healy and Rain Gortz in 1975. And we don't know anything about her abduction either. Nope. Nothing. Ugh. It's fucking creepy. I know. <gasps> this one's your favorite. Well, sort of. Okay. This, this, we got connections to this one. Yes. So her name was Brenda Ball, and she was murdered on June 1st, 1974. Uh, she was last seen at the Flame Tavern in <gasps> Burien. So she's the, she's sort of the outlier of the Washington group because she's yeah. not from a college. No. So. The Flame Tavern, it's not, I mean, the building is there, but it's not called that anymore. Oh. Now it's shit. I should know this, what it's called. It's, it's a um, fucking Mexican restaurant. It's a Mexican restaurant. It has which, something to do with the, the sea. It's, yeah. it's the sea. And it has a big, like, seafood mural on the side of it. Oh, but wait, 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 wait. It's not just a mural. The entire building is painted like a fucking beach. Yeah. And, like, the ocean. And it is, I think it's out of Fiesta del Mar. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sea party. Hey. (laughs) And it's out of business because no fucking business survives. It's out of business? Yeah. Which is fucked up because we don't get to go there. I know. They used to turn it into a club on Friday night. I know. So I'm hoping the building doesn't get torn down because clearly it's been there a long time and it's been a series of different businesses and nothing has really lasted. But it's a curse. It's a curse. So it's on, what, Ambalm and 136th, I think? Uh, 128th. 128th. So at this period of time, apparently it was sort of a rough a rough bar. It was kind of a, a, a place where you would get into fights and have, you know, bad shit happen. Were bikers there? Were, were there bikers? There were probably bikers. Okay. I'm going to go, which is hilarious that that's what Burien was like oh back God. in the day. Because now it's all Just, Mexi- Mexican. That, that part of Burien is yeah. all yeah. Latino. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So things have changed. And so what, she was 22? 22, and she was a college dropout. College and dropout. Also a hitchhiker. Yeah, we, we like to, this is sort of like the Green That's River the Killer code. euphemism for yeah. they were asking for it. Yes. Because the book we were reading considered her a high-risk lifestyle because she was a hitchhiker. Ugh, and And we were just reading about this, so she was, was at this bar until quite late, and, well, until closing, until 2 a.m., and asked a friend, a male friend, for a ride home. And he said no, because he wasn't going her way. Oh, my God. Which, okay, can I just say something? <laughs> like, this is every man I know. Just like, like I, don't, I don't feel oh, like it. Oh, it's out of my way. Honestly, like, I can't be, like, bothered with your problems. Like, uh. So she's just left by herself to probably hitchhike home. Oh, God. Okay, so one of the things I remembered, which I can't find verified now, is that she was seen talking to a man in with his arm in a sling in the parking lot, but mm. I can't find that now, so maybe that's not true. So scary. I want that to be true, because I drive by this bar all the time. And, you I, just and I just it. want it to be the way it was, but I don't know. 
but I do think he was seen inside that bar. So probably the same thing that happened with Linda and Healy. He probably, like, honed in on her somehow yeah. and got her to go with him yeah. wherever he ended up killing her. And I don't think there's any details about that. But so she disappeared scary. and was not reported missing for 17 days. Ugh. Which is a really long time, if you think about it. Like, yeah. no friends, no roommates, no family members report you missing for 17 days. Sad. So, that, 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 that kind of makes me sad. The only reason we know that she was a victim is that her skull was also found on Taylor Mountain. Yeah, with, yeah, with the others. Yeah. So that's it for the skull. Oh, no, it's not it for the skulls, is it? There are more skulls. I don't even know. That's the thing. I don't even know. Yeah. It's really, it's too hard to keep track of. It totally is. Okay. The next victim is a biggie. George Ann Hawkins, who was last seen June 11th, 1974. Okay. So, like, a week after Brenda Ball. So, now we're, like, now we're starting to speed up. Ramping the fuck up. And you'll see the next one, oh my god, is a, it's intense. A doozy. It's a doozy, if you will. <laughs> so, Georgian Hawkins, oh my god, poor Georgian. Where is she from? Do you remember? No. I feel like she looks like she's from the South, though. No, she's from Washington, but it's like a small town, and I can't think of what small town it was, but she was like a beauty queen. It looks very rural. Very rural, She looks yeah. like a rural yeah. kind of girl. So, Georgian Hawkins, the only reason we know in deliberate like minute detail what happened to her is because Ted Bundy ended up confessing this towards the end of his life. Yeah, this is this is weird. This is the one abduction that yeah. he gives lots of detail about. Yeah. Strange. So totally. anyway, so yeah, we do know what happened to her. Okay. So at UW, as colleges are wont to do, there is a section called Greek Row. Oh, which I've been to. Which smells like beer and piss mm-hmm. and is filled with lots of douches. Literal and figurative. Yeah. At this point in time, at least. This yes. is very the era of mess Oh my and god, Bill. everyone just getting douched all the time. <laughs> Have you ever used a douche? I've never once had a douche. Has anyone... I've never met anybody who has ever <gasps> douched. Have hey, you, you guys, tweet us at MyDarkHRPodcast <laughs> and tell us if tell you've us your ever had a douche. Because <laughs> seriously, I don't know anyone who's had a douche. Because they're terrible for you, and everybody Ooh. knows that. Like, don't do that. Oh my god, I know, don't right? put fucking random liquid up your vagina. I know. Baby oil. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what was going on in the 70s. And Summer's Eve. Do you oh, remember that? God. Girl, Summer's Eve is like a thing they they have like good commercials but they they do douche but they also do the the hygiene spray because your yeah. vagina smells bad oh yeah <laughs> i once got it as it like someone gave it to me as a joke it was my mom okay so she was taken from greek row because she was in a sorority she was um so she was like apparently there was, like, a big group of girls and guys that were walking back because it was, like, during finals. finals. Yeah, finals. And um, so they were walking back from studying. It was kind of late at night. And they were walking in the alley behind their sorority. So what ends up happening is someone leans out the window and talks to George Ann. Well, she's alone at this point. She is alone at this point, yep. But someone sees her and leans out the window and talks to her. As she's gonna about to go into the door, and like goes back in normal convo, but then later on, like George Ann is not she's, doesn't like, doesn't make it back, and she had like 
Like, 50 feet. I mean, like, it was right there and right. didn't make it. Right. So later on, we find out what happens to Georgian Hawkins. Okay. So she, as she's walking back to the door, a man with crutches and his foot or his leg in a cast is, starts, is going down the alley and drops a briefcase. So she, being the nice-mannered lady that she is, she was a beauty queen, went and grabbed his briefcase for him and introduced herself and said, Hi, I'm George. Mm, sad. And he's like, hey, will you help me back to my car with this? He's got his like little crutches on. But what George doesn't know is that before he left his car, which was parked... Okay, this is crazy. So apparently, back when houses the, the were Beetle. burned down... We haven't even talked about this. The Volkswagen... Oh my god, the ubiquitous the, Volkswagen. Yeah. Yeah. So he had this this tan bug, Me- Metallic brown or whatever, yeah. Which, gross. Tan. That's like the worst two things that I could imagine <laughs> together. But apparently, back in the day, like if a house would burn down, they'd bulldoze it, and it would just be like a like a lot... They wouldn't have any lights there or anything, but they would use it as, like, impromptu parking lots. So Ted Bundy parked his Beetle there, and before he went out and, like, to do this ruse, he had taken a crowbar and propped it up against the tire. So everything was there, like, ready to go. Another gross detail about this car, do you want to talk about what he did on the inside? Oh, he took out the uh, passenger seat. Yes. And the handle on the inside. Yeah. I mean, total horror movie maneuver. I mean, seriously, that is, like, fucking so scary. He put so much fucking thought into that. So much thought. And so, yeah, so he gets Georgianne back to the car and hits her over the head with the crowbar, fractures her skull. And that's kind of, that's become, becomes his M.O. Yeah. I, I mean, and there's a couple of strangles, but that's kind of what he likes to do. So she's unconscious, puts her into the car where the passenger seat should be so she's laying down so nobody can see her. And handcuffs her. Handcuffs her. And starts driving out to east. So it gets out on 90. She fucking wakes up. Oh, this is the worst part. Oh, my God. So she wakes up on the drive out there and is totally confused and starts asking about her Spanish final, which is the next day. And yeah, she's just, like, are you tutoring? You're going to tutor me? Yeah, just chattering away about Ugh. the Spanish final. And, like, they have a whole fucking conversation. And I, oh my god! And he later on like laughs about this. He's like, <laughs> it, I mean, it's not funny, but like, it's just <sighs> weird what people talk about when they're in that state. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, oh my god, yeah, no, I know. And then takes her, I don't know where he takes her, but somewhere out out on Issaquah. He likes in Issaquah, in, Issaquah. Yeah. I love to do that. And that's the thing. I think they get fuzzy on the details here, but proceeds to sort of rape her. And then, like, get her into a state of a coma, but then, like, wake her back up. I mean, there there is a sense that there's a long night of extremely unpleasant, maybe torture. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, oh, we're, we're yeah. probably. Yeah. And I'm hoping she was just unconscious for most of it. Cause, I know. God. And then, I mean, he, he was a necrophile. And this is right. where we find this out is because he gave us enough details about this case to realize that he also was very interested in having sex with women after they were dead. Right. And returning to their bodies later. So what I will say is that from what I've read, he was much more okay with decay than Gary Ridgway. Like, he would go back for a while. Like, weeks. Yeah. 
before it was like oh too 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 far gone at it this was point. like mummification situation yeah happening. yeah yeah so we're dealing with a level of i mean i don't even know what the fuck would you call this insanity sexual perversion i don't know what you'd even say about oh God, this that's I don't, yeah i don't even know i mean he makes gary ridgeway look kind of normal yeah. in, in comparison yeah so yeah so Fucked that, up. And um, also what he did was took a hacksaw and cut her head off. No, okay, no question. Do you know when this was? What? When he cut her head off. Like okay. right away? Or was it like my impression, down the road a little? My impression was that he cut her head off that night. Oh, okay, and kept the head. Uh-huh. All the skulls that were found at Taylor Mountain. Okay, so, the, so bodies were found in Issaquah. And the heads that went with the bodies were found at Taylor Mountain, which is 16 miles apart. So there's this, like, great moment in in Bob Keppel's book, it's The Riverman. The, the best moment. It's so great, where he's talking to Ted Bundy about George Ann Hawkins, because he's just revealed this whole, this, I mean, it's a bombshell, really, because Ted Bundy has been, like, deliberately obtuse the entire time. And he says, well, did you stop at Taylor Mountain on, you know, on the way there? And he was like, no, no, like, I didn't even have that in my mind at that time. And Bob Keppel realizes, oh, shit. He dumped those bodies, took the heads and kept them for a period of time. And then only later after that, made Taylor Taylor Mountain a, a dump site. So, but unlike Jeffrey Dahmer, where we get all of which we're talking about this, we get all the gritty details yeah. about, I mean, the blow by blows right. of, of how he would deal with bodies. Right. We don't get any of that with with Ted Bundy, which maybe is not a bad thing, but it doesn't. It leaves some holes in, right. in in our knowledge. So it's like he has this woman's head. He's got multiple heads. What does he do with them? Yeah. We don't know. Right. But anyway, I mean, at this point in time, he's got multiple women's heads in his apartment. Right. And George Ann Hawkins is one of them. Mm-hmm. One of the details that, like, he was able to talk about, which really messed me up, was, you know, they were, when they were interviewing him, they were trying to get all these cor- corroborating details, like, to prove that it was him. And as if, you know, the things that he said weren't enough. But w- one of the things that he mentioned was that she was wearing, okay, so she had on a blue halter top and white clogs. And her pants, like, were too big for her. And this, yeah, I She had, like, this. a safety pin in them. And Holding he mentioned them. the safety pin. Yeah. The other fucked up thing that he did, after he would murder someone, would freak the fuck out and try to get rid of all of the traces of them that, he, that could be attached to him. And so, you know, he's, like, taking people's clothes and, like, throwing them out and shoes and shit. And he realizes, oh, my God, one of her shoes is missing. So he goes back to the U District, to the parking lot, where cops are fucking everywhere. Because at this point, they're, they know they that know she's, she's missing. missing. Yeah. They're looking for her. And he picks up, surrept- he says surreptitiously, I don't know how you fucking do that in the middle just of the Just on his bike, scene. like rides yeah. by and just like scoops up. Picks up a shoe and two hoop earrings that yeah. had been left at the scene. Jesus Christ. And rides off and they don't catch him, obviously. Oh my God. How? Okay. All right, so these are the these are the last two, right? Last like, two Washington ones. Washington yeah. based, and then these are the big ones. I mean, this might be the most famous murder in Washington history. Probably. I think maybe. Yeah, there were two women who were taken on the same day, 
So Janice Ott and Denise Naslund, and they were both taken on June 14th, 1974. So what, three days after George Ann Hawkins? Yeah. So, I mean, he's clearly in, like, a killing frenzy at this right. point. They were both taken from Lake Sammamish State Park, which I've never been to. And I've always wanted to go, and I've never, ever been there. So what I've read is that it was a really hot day. It was, like, an unusually hot Saturday. And so there were, like, tens of thousands of people at Lake Sammamish State Park. Which, which sounds seemed, like a disaster. This is horrible. Ugh. I don't, and I have no sense of how big this park is. I have no sense of how big the lake is. But it, I can't be that big. It just can't be. I, I mean, mean, the Lake Sammamish is pretty big. Is it? Yeah. But I'm sure that the park itself is, is, that is not that big. Yeah. So anyway, so it was really, really crowded. Oh yeah, Rainier Beer was having there was like multiple what, like companies. Boeing was having like a like a like an <laughs> like event. Company picnic. Yeah, company yeah. picnics. I mean so it was just like crazy numbers of people there. So early afternoon, late morning, multiple women report being approached by a guy. What did he have his arm in a sling for this one too? He yeah. did, didn't he? Asking for help unloading a boat or getting a boat hooked up to his car. Like it was sort of like a convoluted story. Like I got to get my sailboat kind of off my car or something like that. Um, and all of these women either said no or figured out that there was no boat attached to his car and they would have to like drive with him to go. He was like, Oh, it's at my parents' house. Like yeah. that was the story he was telling. And uh, I think there, I've read stories from like, I think three women who are like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. Which what the fuck? Oh my god. Could you ima- could you imagine? Oh, it's at my parents' house. Come with me to my parents' house. Dude, fuck hell no. fucking no. Oh my god. So he like he was approaching just kind of anyone, it sounds like. Like anyone young or remotely attractive and alone. He was going after women who were by themselves or seemed to be by themselves. So at some point, I think same thing, like like noon around then. He approaches uh, Janice Ott, who was, like, 23, by herself. She was married. She lived in Issaquah, but her husband was, like, in a different state. And it sounds like they had a really kind of, like, loose relationship. Like, it sounds like an open relationship from what I've read. Yeah, I know. So she was by herself. Wait, really quick. Her husband is kind of foxy. Morgan has found a new crush. Bob Keppel was was the beginning of the evening. It's now this fellow. This guy approaches Janice out with his arm in a sling. It's it's crowded enough where multiple other people sitting by them can hear overhear their conversation. Yes. So there, we actually know like what he said. So he came and he sat down next to her, and they ended up sitting together for like ten minutes, and they had a whole conversation. And he eventually convinced her to go help him get this boat from his parents' house. So every like like multiple people hear them having this conversation. He's like, "Oh, I just I just need help, you know, come with me." And they're having a very pleasant, nice conversation. And he he's not my cup of tea, but Ted Bundy was not a bad-looking guy and he's dressed, you know, kind of preppy. Got the unibrow. I'm not saying he's my thing. I'm just saying <laughs> that like he doesn't look like a creeper he's necessarily. Like all skinny. He's very skinny. So they get up to leave together. And other people overhear him say that his name is Ted. So they, they, like, other people around are sort of like, oh, although why they're paying attention to this, I don't know, but they do. Yeah, weird, right? So they get up and they walk off together in a seemingly very pleasant way. 
that's kind of the end of, of that section of the story. He comes back to the park and proceeds to continue to walk up to women and ask them it's kind of the same thing like hey i need help with my boat and yet by this point in the day which is now the afternoon he seems a little less well composed a little more like desperate yeah like you gotta come with me yeah and so women are more and more like no dude get the fuck away from me yeah someone was talking about going into the bathroom Seeing him standing by the women's bathroom, like with a this weird look on his face, yeah. and going into the bathroom, and coming back out, and he's standing there staring intently at yeah. her, and she was like, uh, "Oh my fucking god!" Like could tell that this guy was like a creep. Yeah. So I mean, he was clearly in such a homicidal frenzy that mm-hmm. he was like not even covering it up very well anymore. But he does manage to convince another woman at, like, what, 4 o'clock or 4.30, yeah. this 18-year-old named Denise Naslin, to do the same thing that Janice Ott did, come with him to go, you know, deal with this fictional boat. Wait, was she the one who was like, I only come if you give me a ride on the boat? I've never been on a boat yes. before. Yes, yes, that's totally Ugh. her. She she seems very uh, sort of silly. Yeah. Like, kind of, guys. Like, there, there's lots of <laughs> girls like that when you work in a high school that you encounter <laughs> and she's very like, yeah, you would get killed by a serial just killer. Like happy, like just, happy go lucky kind of like situation. Not, not a good critical thinker would be yeah. a nice way of putting yeah. it. So she disappears at well and she's with an entire group of people and so they notice she's gone almost right away. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? And so there are police at, I mean at the park. I mean there's all kinds of oh, shit. Yeah. There's police there because there's a bunch of bikers getting in a fight. Yes. So there, and there was even a photograph taken of what they think is Ted Bundy sitting in his car. Oh, that's fucking him. He oh, yeah. said it wasn't him. But it's, you can him. see the outline him. of him. And it's really haunting because, you know, his passenger seat was missing. Mm-hmm. What if one of those girls is, was in the car at the time? Yeah, that, that picture was taken. That is so scary. I mean, bottom line is he managed to kidnap and murder two women the same day from the same park surrounded by tens of thousands of people including a bunch of police officers and was not caught although he made an impression Mm -hmm. so he made an impression enough that by the end of the day both of these women are missing I think everybody notices this immediately people notice that there was a guy named Ted with his arm in a sling driving a metallic like a tan metallic beetle so all of those pieces of information go out to the press, including a composite sketch of what he looked like. Which, P.S., looks exactly like him. So much like him that we didn't talk about this, but Anne Rule, who knew him and had worked with him at this point in time, reported him to the police. (gasps) What? I don't remember that. Yes. No. Yeah. She fucking reported him? Yeah. Why does she... She acts through that whole book... I can't believe that my friend Ted would do this. I can't believe. La, 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 la. No, she totally fucking reported him as a, as a, like, as a potential. Because his name was Ted, he drove a beetle, and he looked like the, the composite sketch. Okay, you know what? That's all you need, cops. That's, you know what? On that alone, I'd be like, okay, this is the fucking guy we're taking. So he it. was on the list of people, oh my you God. know, to look at. Right. And they just, they, they didn't get to him. So he was, he was... I can't remember what it what the story was, but he it's, was like there was okay. So they identified a hundred people that it could be. Uh huh. 
he was number he was Ted number nine, and he was in the basket. This this is crazy. So one of the investigators, because they had so much information after this, that they had files that they were kind of like delegating out to certain investigators. His file was the first on top of this lady's desk. And the then next morning, he moved to Utah. Yep. So these are the final murders, as far as we know, in Washington, because he moved away. Yep. Uh, so no, he was never caught in Washington. No charges were ever pressed. Although if he'd stayed here, it sounds like he yeah, something would have happened, happened. But it did not happen. Uh, and the last thing I want to say about Denise or Janice Ott and Denise Nasland is kept the first one. He kept Janice alive, brought Denise back. And then killed, I think killed Janice in front of Denise, Denise. and then killed Denise. And he denies this. He at first admitted to it, and then he said, oh, no, I didn't really do that. You know he fucking did that. He did Because that's the most fucked up thing you could do. Yeah. I kind of feel the worst for these women, because, or at least Janice Odd, because that's fucking horrible. Like, to be abducted like that, and then just kept alive for a little while. And then, oh but then Denise, too, to watch someone else get murdered. Because oh then it's like, God. well, you're definitely getting You're murdered. getting killed. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely getting killed. I think that would be way worse, is to watch someone else get murdered in front of you and be like, oh, that's going to happen to me, right, in just a couple minutes. Oh, my God, that's so fucked up. So any if anyone's in the area, if you ever go out to Lake Sammamish State Park, I mean, it, to me, that's got to be somewhat haunted. Oh, that's so fucking that, haunted. Because that's just... Where did he do it? Did he do it on in Issaquah, in his place? The the murders? Yeah. I actually, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if again, anybody knows. Because I don't think he, I, my sense is he didn't kill people in his apartment. No. It was more like out in, in, the, in nature. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who fucking knows? Gross. I feel dirty <laughs> now. Yeah, Ted Bundy, it's, it's not, it's not a pleasant conversation that sounds stupid because right not like any serial killers are but some make you feel grosser than others this he's he's one that makes you feel gross it's like ew plus like i think i think it's almost worse not knowing because your imagination just goes wild you know i mean you can make anything up well the fact that i mean most serial killers are not entirely honest about their crimes but he was very rarely honest at all and that makes it worse because it makes it that there's no closure and there's not any sense that he knew what he was doing was bad. I mean, there's no sense of remorse from him. There's no sense of like, ooh, yeah, that was pretty fucked up. It's like, no. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll, like, we definitely will talk about this later, but like, that is not ever something that he expressed, ever. No. And in fact, I think he relished in being awful. Yeah. He was like, I don't give a shit about anything, and I'm the meanest son of a bitch you'll ever find. Mm-hmm. I think he actually said a quote, something like that. I don't know. Yet, if that was true and he believed that about himself, why wouldn't he confess? Right. I mean, that's that's the thing, is I think if you really believed that you were just this awful human being and you really had no remorse, right. why, not? why not? Why not just tell everything you did? Because you want to have power. I don't know. It's strange. <sighs> you guys, this isn't even like... We've cu- we've scratched the surface, but this isn't even like a fourth of the victims. <laughs> oh no! no. Uh-uh. So yeah, we have more of this. Ew. Okay, <laughs> so next next time next week, we'll focus on victims Utah. in Utah and Colorado. So 
get ready, y'all. <laughs> it's going to be a, a dirty, Hang in there. Yeah. awful ride. Okay, right. thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>